Hello there, it's Michael. Happy Thursday. Hope you're doing well, having a good week. So, I think this puts uh, our discussion this week, shines the light and puts sharp relief on the process, right? The process is the thing here, not your win-loss ratio, which is going to ebb and flow, right? Because your win-loss ratio was really a moving average over a longer period of time, and that's going to ebb and flow. Sometimes you're going to be right maybe half the time. Other times you're going to be right maybe 60 65% of the time. If the markets just tend to be really humming and amenable to what your rules are, there's going to be times too when you can't seem to do anything right, even though it's the same damn rules. So then you have like a moving average of the moving average, so to speak, and it's going to accelerate and decelerate, right? So I think if you're trading your equity curve, which is the smartest thing to probably do in those times, you just want to minimize your drawdown. So that kind of comes into what we spoke about the past few, the past few days. Um, losing money or having a losing trade, having several of them does not mean you've gotten the wrong answer, right? You can still do everything right and lose money. You can play your hand accordingly and lose. If you internalize that, though, as being right or wrong and wrong as being bad or that your self-esteem gets hit, my sense is you have some 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 growth awaiting you. Um, there's plenty of literature out there on that. But, you know, losing money is not necessarily make it a bad trade. All right, judge yourself over a thousand trades and, again, see what the expected value of the trade is. Because if you have a system that's, you know, correct 30% of the time, and when you win, you're winning four times what you lose. You kind of get used to losing the seven out of ten times because you're losing nickels and dimes, you know, compared to what it is when you're making, right? So imagine, you know, betting a penny and winning a nickel. And then you can work out the math, right? So give yourself many, many trades to kind of work that out and then just realize that just like any moving average or any average win, is just that. It's the average. It's a benchmark, right? Like the crude oil contract. That's not the actual price of crude. That's a benchmark for determining what it's going to cost people across the world in all different delivery points, right? So there's basis that's going to change from delivery point to delivery point. But, you know, it's just the, like the S&P 500, so to speak. So and the same would go for natural gas and all, all that kind of stuff. It's really just a benchmark price. But what people are actually paying for it is very, very different from what settlement may be. Because then you have to take into account, like you say, carry and, and delivery and all that stuff. So judge yourself on hundreds or perhaps thousands of trades. If you're at a thousand trades and you're not putting on 50 trades a day, you know, you might not have enough time, but if you're, you know, you have one or two trades a day and you have, you know, two years or so, just rest assured that sometimes the, the slope of the curve is going to spike and be positive and sometimes it's going to turn down negative, right? What you don't want to do is see it accelerate to the downside because you're trading too big or you're starting to trade more frequently because you've made the mistake of thinking that volatility equals opportunity, which is not always the case. So... Um, yeah, you know, you can't look at a big move and say, see how much I missed. If the catalyst for you, for your entry wasn't there, then it's not a missed opportunity, despite that it was a big, a big day percentage wise, for example. So if you focus on your rules and you focus on your system, again, cut your position sizing down. And if that's the case and it's, that's not working, you can cut the frequency. You can take a day or two off. 
It's whatever you need to do to preserve your capital and preserve your brain because those are the two big inputs to what it is that you're trying to do. Now, if you have the added pressure of having to speak with clients, then you totally sound like a pro when you say, look, the volatilities are kicking in because the uncertainty is higher and markets don't like uncertainty. I could be very, very bold. That's easy to do. But it's not what a pro would do. And two, it's your money. So, you know, you have to treat or I treat, you're speaking to the client now, like I treat client funds like it's a newborn child. It's not something to be reckless with, even if this might be your aggressive capital. Because it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't pay to be bold in certain circumstances. And I think that's a pro move when you have the conversation with the client like that, you know, and probably you know when the time is to be bold. And you can assure them that when that time comes, you won't need any invitations for such boldness. I mean, you'll probably speak with the client ahead of time and say, I'm seeing some opportunity, there's bloods in the street, um, there's blood in the street. And you know, this is the time for us to nibble and have maybe a few more positions because sooner or later folks are going to come back to their senses and here are my setups and there you go. Um, if that's the case and you're dealing with other people's money, you know, communication is key. Have those conversations first and foremostly. And if you have those conversations and say, look, I got to dial the risk down, then guess what? Then you don't have the pressure of the client sitting back at the house or wherever they are saying, I wonder why so-and-so isn't taking more action. Because that phantom, that boogeyman could be putting a lot of undue pressure on you when it doesn't even exist. But having the conversation with the client can remove all that duress if you have it and put it all at ease and just say, hey, look, I want to just make sure we're on the same page here. You know, here's what's happened. Here, here's what I anticipate happening. And in order to make sure that we're in the trades but not going to take a big smashing, here's how I'm going to handle it. I just want you to know ahead of time. So even though you might not see something or a deluge of confirmations coming through your email or however they're getting them, you know, now we're at least on the same page. You know what my ethos is and that I'm doing everything that I can do to try to maintain my own sanity in this and also to preserve your capital. You know, like any relationship, communication is, is key. Anyway, just my thoughts for today. Hope you're doing well. I'm sure you're looking forward to a good Friday and a long weekend coming into the holidays. And uh, thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow.